welcome back to our Weird History Minisode, where we seek to bring you tales of the strange and unusual throughout history. This week, we are talking about... Whoa, 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 what is it? Need to know. <laughs> how about... Uh, how does this catch you, Fancy? The time that a cavalry captured a war fleet. I'm sorry, you, you're going to have to repeat that. <laughs> I don't think my ears heard you correctly. <laughs> The Battle of Texel and Holland, where the French cavalry captured a Dutch war fleet and got them to surrender. How's that? I'm listening. <laughs> All right, this one's a big tale. All right, so and when I say battle, it really is quote unquote battle. There was not a lot of actual fighting. So the winter of 1794 into 1795 was particularly cold. In fact, it's gonna, it, it is on record as being one of the coldest years ever in Holland. And it froze up quite a lot of the area, which will play into this in just a second. So at the time of this, the French Revolutionary War were going on. And the French were obviously, I mean, Napoleon's in charge, so they're invading other countries as now, I kept wondering while I was reading this, why the French would invade Holland, because that's not something I usually hear about, but apparently it wasn't so much necessarily the French government per se, it was the French revolutionary government, and they wanted to not only overthrow their hereditary monarchy, but also wanted to spread that ideal to other European countries and topple over their hereditary monarchies as well. It also didn't help that at that exact same time, the ruler of the Dutch, Prince William of Orange, he was incredibly unpopular at the time. Also, the country was going through a lot of civil unrest. It was There was a, a lot of different political factions going on, and some wanted to do away with the monarchy, some wanted to keep the monarchy, that kind of stuff. So we've got French revolutionaries attacking Holland trying to overthrow their monarchy while also taking them to war. So this is where we're at when we start all this. And early January of 1795, the winter storm came through and the Dutch fleet needed to anchor somewhere. So they're in the Strait of, we'll butcher this Dutch, and I apologize, Mardeep and what is now known as Den Holder Bay, I believe. They sought to find shelter on Texel Island, which is off of the harbor, and wanted to stay there until the storm blew over. But not knowing how bad the storm was going to be, they ended up finding themselves stuck in the ice. All 14 warships stuck in the ice at this harbor. And the news reached French General Jean-Charles Pichigrou, I believe. And he was in league with the Dutch Admiral, Johan William de Winter, and sent De Winter out with cavalry, infantry, and horse artillery to go off to Texel Island to get the Dutch to surrender to the French forces. It's kind of crazy. Because again, I'm still wondering, why is the French fighting the Dutch? A bit odd to me. So the French army of revolutionaries arrives in Amsterdam on January 22nd and decided to camp out for a night right in front of the fleet. And apparently the ice and snow is so high 
the horses can ride right up to the ships. And at the same time, William of Orange decided to flee the country because the French, it looked like the French were going to actually win. Now, at the same time, Holland was in league with Britain, so they're both fighting against the French, obviously, because when doesn't the French fight against the British? So he fled the country because obviously the French were going to win this particular war and take over Holland. And they had planned soldiers on the war fleet. So all the soldiers and the cavalrymen on the ice surrounding their ships and got ready for what was going to be an all-out battle. Although it really wasn't going to be much of one because the ships were stuck. You couldn't maneuver. You can't maneuver your guns. You can't shoot very quickly. The guns are kind of frozen over as well. There's not a whole lot you can do from the side of the Dutch. But then again, there's not a whole lot you can do from the side of the French either because it's just cavalry. It's not like you brought cannons with you. You just brought firearms and horses. So instead of an all-out fight, they decided that they were going to wait. The captain of the Dutch fleet, Captain, and again, I apologize for butchering this, I believe it's pronounced um, Rintius. He decided in, instead of allowing us to fall to the French, I'm going to scuttle the ships and get the guns to not work so the French can't take over. But because of the same time other revolutionaries ended up taking over the government because the head, the state holder, William of Orange, decided to run away. The Dutch Council of State quickly issued orders to all military commanders to cooperate with French forces and to offer neither combat or resistance. In fact, David Blackmore, who is a historic author, actually wrote, but for this kindly ceasefire, there may have been an apocryphal fight between land army and a fleet, which again is something that's never actually happened because you don't really have land and army fighting on each other like this. It's very unusual. It's the only thing I've ever heard, only time I've ever heard like something like this actually happen. But as we said, the horse couldn't really get onto the ship. French didn't have a lot of fire and the Dutch couldn't maneuver to fire at the French. But while they were waiting with the ceasefire to receive orders, General Pichigloo actually sent hussars which are very, very well-trained French cavalrymen. And he sent them to try and intimidate the Dutch into surrendering. Now, I'll go to this in just a second, because there's two different stories to this. The French story specifically says that they sent the Hussars to intimidate the Dutch and surrounded them, and the Dutch fought back. And in one report afterwards, put it as ragged men thundering on their horses across the ice to capture with naked sword and the battle fleet of Holland to make it very romantic. But it didn't actually work out that way. The report on the Dutch side goes that the Hussars rode over to their captain's ship. The two sides agreed to wait on the ceasefire. They came on board the ship. They had a talk. And then five days later, the Dutch crew swore an oath to comply with the French orders and to maintain, maintain naval discipline to the French. But the French did allow them to remain under their Dutch flag. The really interesting thing about this quote-unquote battle of Texel is that we didn't have any first-hand accounts of this story until much, 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 much later. You would think that there would have been first-hand accounts of the story as it happened from either the captain of the Dutch fleet or the general of the French army 
or any of the soldiers that were there on either side, but nothing. And in fact, the first book or even mention of the battle didn't occur until 1819, who, which was written 24 years after the incident, written by Antoine Henri Hominy. And he wasn't even part of the battle. He didn't join the military until seven years afterwards. The story that was typically told was in, mostly from the French side until 1845, when the first Dutch account of it was written by historian Johann, Johannes Cornelius de Hong. And according to him, the French never attacked, just merely surround the ship, they had a meeting on board, and the French decided to comply with the French, the Dutch decided to comply with the French government. And in fact, we know that this is more likely the actual happenstance of the battle because de Jong was able to actually locate and interview three officers that were still living that had actually been on board the fleet not long after its surrender. And so now you have these firsthand accounts and their testimony, which actually said that there was no hostilities whatsoever. It was essentially a bloodless battle. And not long after this publication, Lieutenant General Baron Louis Joseph Lahore, which was a French soldier in 1795, became the first known first person account of the story on the French side. And his account, after he wrote it, actually also confirms de Jong's account of the incident on the Dutch side. And he, Lahore, actually also recounts in his report, quoting, after taking the necessary precautions of wrapping the horse's feet to muffle their sound, I led the assault. The ice did not break, and the ships of Holland were taken as the horses climbed over their side. Kind of crazy, but cool. And then I was, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, well, because you've got the general, and you've got the captain of both the, the, the army and the navy. So I'm going, well, what happened to these guys? Peshuglu is really interesting because there's actually no account from him. If this actually happened, you would think that there would be an account on his end and military notations or anything, but there's actually nothing no one could ever find. But his story is kind of interesting. After conquering Holland for the French commanding for the French government, he took a commanding general position for the army, went to the Rhine and Mosse in 1795 in July, so not about six months later. By November, he ended up defecting to the Austrians and fighting against the French. So in 1803, he was actually found in charge for treason, arrested, but he was strangled and killed before he could go on trial. And that is the tale of the French army defeating the Dutch Navy. That doesn't sound like much of a defeat. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. It sounds more like an amicable, like, ending of the battle. It's a, hey, we've got this situation. Let's just, uh, it, it was just sort of an all, what could go wrong, went wrong, and it just sort of made things easier on the French end, I suppose. Before we end, do we still have the poll going up this week, or did that already end? The poll ended last week. Okay. Ended on Friday, uh, but we're recording this a week in advance, so I don't have an answer for you yet. You'll get your answer via Instagram and Facebook. Any other housekeeping notes or anything before we go? I don't have anything. We'll have a poll up. We'll have next week's episode will be whatever you guys voted on. 
and then the following week will be a mini-sode, and then after that, I think we're going into guest episode? We do, yeah. We have a guest episode that will be on April 29th, if I recall correctly. Yes, April 29th. Well, as we get closer to it, we'll give you more info, but a little little teaser there. Get excited. Get excited. I'm working on it. (laughs) I'm talking about them. You're already excited, we know. Well, with that, we'll say your name. Try not to let the invading armies defeat you. (laughs) I think the idea of sleep is defeating me at the moment. Mm. This is late at night, guys, that we record this. I'm falling asleep. Well, in that case, I'll let you go and get sleep. I'll start editing the audio. And we will see everyone next week for our next full episode on whatever ends up winning for the poll. Yeah, it'll be either Diogenes or Victorian mummies. Well, with that, we'll sign off. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Bye.